everybody, this is Corporal Hicks, or Aaron Percival, depending on how you know me, and you're listening to the 22nd episode of the AVP Galaxy podcast. Um, joining me today is my typical co-host, Ridgetop. Hello again, guys. And who is proving to become a bit of a regular guest uh, guest star, Chevy. Hello again. And, well, we're, we're going to have a happy, a happy podcast today, aren't we? Yay! <laughs> we're going to be talking about, um, well, 2014. I said 15. Then Jesus, 2014. A bit of a look back on um, on how the year's been, the releases we've had, and it's been nice as well because it's been the 35th anniversary of Alien, which is why we've had all this awesome, um, these awesome releases. And well. I hadn't originally been planning on this, but Ridgetop um, brought it up. I thought it might be a nice idea because I don't think we've really talked about it for for you. But since it's since it's been, you know, it is the 35th anniversary of Alien. Um, Ridgetop's going to tell us how he first came involved in the um, in the franchise, and so Chevy after him, and I'll have a little recap after. But if you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard mine before. Um, so Ridgetop. Take it away. How did you fall in love with Alien? Well, my introduction to it was actually through the Kenner Toys. I remember we used to have these toy stores here in the States. I don't know if you guys had them called KB Toys. Kind of gone under now, but um, I saw the Kenner Toys for the first time. I was really young, like right before I was a teenager, I guess. And I, I just saw the aliens, and I was like, what are these creatures like? They don't look like anything I've ever seen. And so... I started researching it a little while after that, and um, I guess Aliens was the the first one that I saw. Um, So I just rented that and watched it, and it blew my mind. And uh, I actually didn't even realize that that Alien was the first one. I thought Aliens was just Aliens. Like, Mm. I didn't even really um, know that Alien was the first movie at first. But then obviously I figured that out. And um, and then I watched that next, and and that one was was incredible too. I just remember um, watching it on my own for the first time, just the lights turned off, and you know it was it was a terrifying movie as as old as it is, and uh, not many older horror movies can can still kind of go on like that and still have that kind of effect on you. I think so. Um, and then I watched three and four. Um, I was a little disappointed by three the first time I saw it. Um, really disappointed with Resurrection, um, but both of those movies I've grown to like enjoy more over the years. Um, for me, I think the second one will still be my favorite because because that was the one that I first saw, and I just think it takes you on kind of the best ride as as far as just an enjoyable experience. But as far as the atmosphere goes, you really can't beat the first film. Um, just that that feeling it created of of something that was totally alien that had never really been seen before in film, and uh, like the first really gritty um, sci-fi film. I mean, you could say that Dark Star Star kind of was the progenitor for that, but Alien really uh, took it to the mainstream. See, I always sort of worry about you know because it's such an important piece of, of cinema history, and both Alien and Alien started off a lot of sci-fi tropes that are now pretty much 
commonplace. I always sort of worry about people when they come to watch it for the first time. It's it's not quite the same. The the same effect as it as it could have been because they've seen all these all these elements probably done you know a lot worse in in other films. That it might sort of affect people's enjoyment when they come to watch an alien or aliens for the first time always bothers me I suppose so I mean a lot of things have been influenced by both films haven't they so lots of copying and little nods and general rip offs well yeah Yeah. well you just look at Halo don't you yeah the The marines are all yeah but the Sarge is a poem yeah pretty much well, they can't have a sergeant in a sci-fi without it being a bone. <laughs> that's that's pretty much true, isn't it? That is true. Yeah, there's lots of them. Bloody rip-offs. I mean, it's it's obviously um, flattering for the film, but yeah, well, I guess the younger generations can turn around and go, "Yeah, they ripped that off." Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's some film education, bitches. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so how how long ago was that um, that you that you first saw it, Ridge Top? Um, God, how long ago was that? It must have been like early two thousands or something, like two thousand two, two thousand three. So you're, uh, you're relatively new to the uh, yeah. franchise. Wow. Um, you know, it might have been even sooner than that. It might have been around two thousand, I think. Okay. I don't know. My my parents didn't like me watching R-rated movies growing up, so. <laughs> Boo. Um, you know what, Chevy? I'm surprised I don't actually know your story. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I I would have <laughs> thought it'd have been something we'd have talked about, but no, I. Yeah, I suppose so. But yeah. Uh, for me, it was back in the days of VHS. VHS, Jesus VHS. Christ! For all you kids out there. And, this was a magical thing that came before the spinning disc that is the DVD. It was like a little rectangle with tape inside it that you put in a you put in a VHS player. Yep, shoddy quality as well. Well, yeah, I suppose the Betamax was better. Actually, for for some interesting information, if you weren't sure about the Alien Isolation UI videos, that was all done with VHS tapes. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so my dad was going to watch Aliens on VHS, so my first film introduction was Aliens as well. Mm. And he let me watch all these Marines getting kitted up. I was like, ah, oh, this this is badass. I was only like six at the time, you know. And then it comes down to the planet, and then it was time to go to bed when we got to the hive. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. So I went to bed. But the way our house was set, I managed to creep downstairs, and I could sit on the second step away from the settee but I could still see the TV Mm. was not old enough to watch that movie (laughs) (laughs) so I pretty much watched the whole thing and it gave me nightmares for years Yeah. years and years and years to the fact where I wouldn't even watch it and I think it was again it it was probably when the quadrilogy no sorry was the quadrilogy out before the director's cut the alien director's cut uh it, director's cut would have been just before because that, before, that came yeah. in the cinema for Halloween and then I think the quadrilogy out was, was out around Christmas I think it was the same year or it might have been the year after but director's cut was first right so I thought 
right, I'm going to go face this, this horrible fear, and I will watch the alien director's cut in the cinema. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking terrifying. <laughs> but seriously, it, it was really cool as well to be able to, to watch Alien on a big screen for the first time. But that is when I started, you know, get taking a real interest in it. I, I mean, after the Alien, obviously the quadrilogy. So I then watched all of those, and that's really how I got into it. But nightmares for a lot of years until the director's cut of Alien. <laughs> See... Mine was actually very similar. Um, it, it was the day before my fifth birthday. Um, the, the family had gone out to a theme park in, in Britain called um, American Adventure. Um, now, if, if you've got the anthology, um, you'll actually be able to see what I'm, I'm going to tell you about. Um, they, they had this 4D cinema thing, moving chairs and a video up on the screen and everything. And it was an aliens one. I remember queuing up outside and there being a model of the alien hanging, hanging over the doorway. And the, for ages, I, I could never find anything out about about the the film, the mini film that we saw. And I, I wasn't convinced it was an. Yeah, I was entirely remembering it properly, but eventually figured out I was. I wasn't bullshitting. Um, but it was a little film called um, Ride at the Speed of Fright. And it starred Jeffrey Coombs, who, if uh, there's any trackies out there, is is Weyoun in Enterprise. It, no, Weyoun in DS9, Shran in Enterprise. Um, it was the reanimator in one of the um, one of the reanimator films. Um, and it, you know, you're going down in this APC and you're going through the atmosphere. It was all a load of bullshit, basically, a, pro- a proper little fluff piece. But it, it was funny. And as we came out. Um, Father Hicks says, "I've got the film that's based on it. Home, do you want to watch it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure thing, Dad. I shall watch that with you. Jesus Christ! Um, my dad was way too cool with letting me watch stuff like this, but always freaking always gave me nightmares after. Um, I remember it because it was the night that Star Trek Voyager was premiering on Sky One over here." So, when the advert came on, we'd flick on and watch five minutes of Alien, then back and watch more more Star Trek. And I think we got to about just after the Hive, the first encounter in the Hive, when I shit my pants, not literally, but, you know, and I had to have it turn off. And I had nightmares for about five years after that. Shit you not, five years. I slept face down. Because I thought, you know, with my chest pressed against the mattress, the alien can't burst out if, if you know, I've been infected. <laughs> you know what? I used to have a self-defense as well, which I wasn't going to share. You got to. Come on. I used to pretend I had a pet one. He would look after me. <laughs> so I could sleep at night. <laughs> it was the only way I could sleep. I thought, well, it'll, it'll hurt the other ones if they come for me. <laughs> Kids are just fucked up. See this this is this is why it's more fun watching them when you're a child and you're tormented by it. Yeah, now I'm kind of glad I didn't watch them as early as you guys did. <sighs> That's where half the fascination comes from. I mean, I I tried to watch them again. Um he let me try again when I was about 7. And again, got to the same bit before I shit my pants and I couldn't cope. And then when I was 10, um we just we just got our first DVD player. 
and um, Dad had borrowed the the legacy box set off of one of his mates. And I used to have a terrible tendency when I was bored. I'd just walk in my dad's room and see what I was doing. Um, I walked in just as he'd started watching Aliens. Realised what it was. I about faced. Tried to get the hell out of there. And he went, no, sit down, watch it. Forced me to watch it all. Absolutely addicted to it. I remember just. I remember not wanting to go and play football um, that day. So I didn't have to wait so I could just sit through and watch it straight. So yeah, Alien, like you guys, Aliens was my first film. Um, we watched Alien 3 that night as well. Um, he told me it was pants and he didn't want to. I was like, no, I want to watch it. No, I actually quite liked it. I still do to this day, to be honest, Alien 3. I, I don't mind Alien 3. Um, but Alien, I didn't get to watch for another year or two, maybe. Um it wasn't until I was my body was capable of staying up past about ten o'clock that I managed to catch um, catch it on Sky Movie Classics. Um, taped, taped it. Managed to watch about half of it before I passed out. And uh, at that point, I then I then got it to watch whenever I wanted. So that, you know that... God knows what would have happened if you watched Alien first. Oh God! Because Aliens is kind of softcore. Yeah, really. It's it's more of an action, <laughs> ten, uh, you know, a tension film. Fuck me, would have been <laughs> a shriveled mess somewhere. But no, I'm I'm sort of glad I I got to experience it young because I think it was it was that terror. Yep. That that sort of made me fascinated. Fuels the passion as well. Indeed. And at the end of the day, that's that's what the alien is. It was the stuff of Giga's nightmares, and. To, for for it to have that profound effect on on people, I'd, we're not going to be the only people with stories like that. Um, so you know, it's it's pretty damn cool. Um, now I suppose that actually segues us quite nicely onto our first our first topic of um, 2014. Um, the big the big release was obviously Alien Isolation. And uh, if you haven't played it, then what the fuck are you doing? Get out there, go and buy it. <laughs> Um, I don't care what what console you're on; it's on everything. So we'll we'll try not to go into too much depth about everything. I realise this one has the potential to run for several hours, um, with what we've got to, you know, to talk about. So it's been a couple of months now. Does it still terrify as much? Well, as I was saying to you earlier, I had to stop when I got to the hive again. <laughs> too much, too much for one day. I'm good. Too much nightmares. Yeah, I've I've just started my second playthrough on on hard, and it's it still it still makes me stop. And I, whenever I die, I've I've developed this tendency of whenever I die in the game, because I like to play it with the lights off and the gamma down and the headphones on, and I can barely hear what's happening around me. Whenever I die in the game, I turn around and check behind me in real life, just in case that that form comes charging at me from the darkness <laughs> so it, it does it still makes me crap my pants and I'm so thankful we got that game yep oh yeah it's it's been great and it's really amazing to see the kind of recognition that it's gotten I mean it's been nominated for a few game of the year awards and um, it's, one you know, it's probably the best received one we've had um, since AVP2 and I, I just think that we really needed 
something like this after last year with Colonial Marines. Well, I think the last... As much as I enjoyed AVP to 2010, it wasn't received as, as well. Um, and it's, it's, it has been since about AVP 2 that we've had such a well-received a well-received game. And, and it's been about time because it sort of gets... It's sort of embarrassing to say you're looking forward to an alien game at the minute because of the quality of, of, of the last few. Um, Not anymore, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's nice to see, not just being alien fans as well, but gamers in general enjoying enjoying isolation. And and from the awards that, that they're getting, we can, I mean, as well as being nominated, they have already received a bunch of awards. So it's it's really fulfilling to to be excited for this thing and to see everybody else loving it as well. Not just because you have a soft spot for Alien, but because it's a genuinely fantastic game that you know has has the capacity to to physically affect you. I think that's what I love most about that game and how it it gives me such a physical reaction that you know my adrenaline's pounding and I've now developed a tick to make sure there isn't an alien about to kill me in real life and again it all equates back to the 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 nightmares and the terror that comes from the property to me it it just feels like that first time i watched it in the cinema alien Mm. it's the tension the jumps yeah it just it delivers on everything the alien was well for me personally but it's it's given me a kind of appreciation as well now for that original film where I didn't before I was always aliens yeah full rifles who rock yeah, kind of thing that's it I, th- I think my perception that might have changed now with me being like into the art book as well that I've got and playing the game for god I must be close to 60 70 hours now which is probably not a lot compared to a lot of people but it's a single player game mm. so uh, yeah, it's definitely given me appreciation now for the original film, where I actually enjoy that as much, if not maybe a bit more at the moment. I I think the attention is going to shift onto that alien aesthetics and and sort of values. Yep. And I think that's you know starting to show the Titan bugs are alien. They're not aliens. Well, alien by know, title, yeah. aliens in words. Well, the, the the first one was alien, and they had aliens. Yeah, but in, in terms of feeling, I thought. Well, no, it's a bit both, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's what the um, the game succeeded at most was just recreating that world and that feeling of the first film, um, especially with the tech and the aesthetic of the Sevastopol station. Um, it just really brought back that that feeling that you guys were talking about with the first movie, and I think um, it was it was really like the first true survival horror alien game that we had ever gotten. And I've always been a huge fan of survival horror. So, like you were saying, there's there's people that weren't really into Alien before. I know the survival horror website um, rely on horror, and they you know they'll cover games like Silent Hill and Resident Evil and the like and they were really into this game they've nominated it for their game of the year and a lot of their editors are just saying yeah this is one of the best horror games I've ever played so it just keeps me coming back I, I can't say another alien game has really done that 
for me personally, except for Bug Hunt, for playing with other people in Colonial Marines. I mean, that was pretty cool. Hmm. But with Alien, I just want to keep playing it. Yeah. All the time. That's. I mean, I'm on my third playthrough now, and there's Nightmare Mode to come. <laughs> so. That should be fun. How many playthroughs have you done, Ridged Up? I'm on my second right now, because I've been playing through um, some of the DLC. Um, I, I need to get back on it. I've, I've played through it on the PS4, and now I want to play through it on PC. So. I had been thinking about buying it for the Xbox One as well. Ugh. Have the have the terror upstairs as well as on the PC. Um, so we don't we didn't really talk about the well the DLC wouldn't have been out when we had the Alien Isolation podcast. Um, but they, there's there's obviously two packs now. Um, so so what are folk thinking about Survivor? Uh, personally, for me, I I I think Survivor. If you're going to try and do it in time, for me, it ruins what the game's trying to be. Yeah, yeah. If you're going for the points, then okay, that's kind of cool. But Survivor's not really for me. I, I, I do enjoy it. For example, if I've got ten minutes, I think, I've got ten minutes now, I can go and get an alien fix. Mm. That's really cool for that. That's what I use it for. That's... But Survivor isn't for me, per se, for playing for a long time. Mm. I think that's exactly exactly the point with it um, you know isolation has given us this whole new feel to the to the alien games and if the the story the single player is very immersive and I think it's something where you sit down and you find yourself you've sank away several hours in this world that they've built for you but if you don't have that sort of time then to be able to go and spend 15 minutes doing a single mission or whatever and get a, a quick kick of that feeling it's yeah, it's perfect. a it's a nice little fix, but since I'd recommend it, yeah. Um, but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's suitable to give the game too much afterlife. No, there's not enough meat to it. I mean, you sound like you've been playing it a lot, Ridgetop. So is it is it pushing your buttons? Is it is it doing you? Um, I mean, it does feel a little tacked on, to be honest. I wish they would have focused more about the story of the new characters. Hmm. Um. I, I do really like the new environments, like when you're playing Corporate Lockdown, you start as Ransom in his like fancy 70s apartment, and that's really cool because we didn't really see that in the main game, and you get to see like this movie theater on the Sevastopol. We didn't see that either, and so, I mean, it does feel a little bit like, um, it's just really the same experience. Like you guys were saying, it's good if you just want to sit down and play it, or even show somebody the game for the first time because. The game is has just a, such a good slow build, um, but if you just wanted to show somebody who's never seen anything about it, um, I think it's a good introduction. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like it. It's been it's been good DLC. Um, I just hope they do something a little bit different with the next. I think it, there's three more packs coming, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I um, it's two or three. Yeah, because I thought there was going to be five total, but um, Have a look. but yeah, I hope they show, you know, some some more new parts of the Sevastopol we haven't seen, but maybe even something completely different. Maybe, um, the story of like what happened on um that ship, the Anisidora, like or something like that. Just kind of going into that more. I'd I'd like to see um 
to see the derelict actually more of the derelict i'm always disappointed about how little that's ever represented in like multiplayer or add-ons um, mm. you know because even if it's not going to be a, a a lot of a lot of um, content to it it'd, it'd still be nice to see that environment again especially because let's face it how awesome was was the derelict bit it's beautiful yeah. so yeah, it was it was one of the best parts of the game definitely so to yep. to be able to ex- experience that in your quick fix, then then that'd be awesome. I do I do wish they'd have incorporated, you know, more story driven add-on to it, um, and I think that would have been that would have been better. And I hope it's something they'll take into consideration with the next one, uh, if when they do the next one. I mean, the only really bits of story you get are the the, the little short. Paragraphs, yeah, yeah, it's, that's all it is. Which is a shame because I think that's an opportunity missed. Mm, completely agree with you. I, mean, it is... I know you were, I know you were saying, Aaron, that um, one of the developers said they wanted to do some Alien Three type DLC. Now, I don't think that'll probably happen because no. they would have to do all new animations for the alien and all that, and that's not going to happen. But it was, it was um, Gary Napper said it at one of the developer um, sessions. That was EGX Res, wasn't it? Uh, yes. When we first. Yes, it was the first one, the one in Birmingham. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he didn't. He was, he was speaking on a personal level. It wasn't, you know, anything, yeah. anything official or anything like that. But he said he'd like to do an Alien Three one because he felt like the style suited suited the film. It's uh, perfect. It's yeah. labyrinthian, isn't it? So. Yeah. Um, so I'd 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 like to see I'd like to have seen them experiment a bit more rather than use too much of the existing um, the existing um, stuff they got. But you know it's 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 not amazing, but it, it's a nice quick fix experience, which is which is is still pretty interesting. I, I'm glad I've brought the season pass. Yeah, and they are new areas as well. Yeah, yeah the the corporate like the cinema and um, everything. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely kicked my pants on that first playthrough oh well annoyed I couldn't even get out of Ransom's office for the longest time then I get to the cinema it's just <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'd like to hug your face <sighs> okay um, so so that's Alien Isolation we've all loved that um, you know I think we'll all be happy to see what they do next um, but you know there's been other stuff as well happening in, in 2014 there's been lots of stuff to look forward to um, and the next one we've got to talk about is um, everything Titan's done this year uh, which has been a lot um, so we've had the, the republishing of Alan Dean Foster's um, Alien novels so Alien, Aliens, Alien 3 um, Res- Resurrection will be out next year and that was by AC, the late AC Crispin and that's been a nice little, you know, if you haven't had chance to to buy the omnibus or anything like that, that's that's been making it easier for you to um, to grab the novels, which are, they're not masterpieces, because um, I think Foster has a a pretty a jarring style to his narrative, but I th- I think those books must be read simply for the differences between the films, um, you know, 
as is generally the case when it comes to film novelizations there's always some differences between the film uh, the final version and it's those differences that i think really make the books uh, worth reading um, alien 3 for example goes into into more depth about the history of um, of the colony of the mining colony which helps make a lot of the film make sense like the search parties and stuff like that a alien was written before they even knew what the creatures well alan dean foster didn't know what the alien looked like and that was pretty early on so the face huggers got the eye in it from from giga's original artwork and then the airlock scene so it, it's, it's really really worth picking up um, any of you guys got the novelizations I have the old one. Hold on. Well, not much difference there, but yeah, I got I got the new ones. I still have to read through them. Um, I saw that they're going to re-release Resurrection as well. Yeah, next year. So, um, so you know that they, they've they've redone what we've had before, but they've also given us um, given us new stuff in in the way of their their trilogy, their new uh, Alien novel trilogy. Um, we're we're only really going to talk about the first two in in any sense any sort of depth um i'll sort of tease the third one a little bit um but that's that's the content for a whole other episode at the start of next year um, so the first one was out of um, out of the shadows by tim leban and what did we think of that i, I really enjoyed that one yep sorry go on <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i thought it was great um it did feel a little bit kind of forced into the the continuity between Alien and Aliens, but I, you know I was willing to overlook that because the story was really well done, and I thought Leben wrote Ripley really well as a character, and um, her personality from the films kind of came through. But it was it was interesting because it was almost like a more disturbed version of her uh, than we've seen before. Mm -hmm which is why I'm not going to spoil the ending, but which is why she was so eager for um, what what happens to her in the end. But, um, I mean, I thought that the description of the spaceship was, was really well done also, just like the different rooms um, that the crew would go to, like the rec room and stuff like that, or the, the loading bays, and, and just kind of creating this... Uh, world of the ship that was this worked in space that, that these guys had all gotten used to and, th and then it all went to shit it, it did a very good job of, um, of world building um, yep. the, the, the little bit of world that they had I mean it, it's a very I thought it was a very confined story even in terms of setting they still did such a wonderful job in establishing the work they had the world they lived in which gave it that added element of realism, I suppose. It maintained the the worked in, and the realistic feeling that both Alien and Aliens had. So we even got a new Alien species as well. Indeed. Yeah. I always enjoy when they do stuff like that and develop the the overall the overall universe more. I mean, I'd like to see them played with a bit more um, in 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 the new uh, trilogy that might be. Well, not my bit that is coming out because both you know both out of the shadow and um sea of sorrows don't really delve into delve into this new species much which i thought i, I was always a little bit disappointed with but 
but that, that means the potential's there for him to play with and especially as they seem to be going for this connected continuity the the potential's there and I, I really love the, um, the the ship how it was very organic and as I was reading it it reminded me a lot of the Wraith from Stargate Atlantis I was sort of visualising that kind of appearance that sort of grown um, sinewy fleshy um, fleshy ship uh, and of course we uh, the characters were were pretty good Hoop who didn't love Hoop yeah he was he was really well written that guy really good character yeah yeah his characters were extremely good I mean, there weren't many characters I didn't like in Lemon's book. They were all quite well fleshed out. And I hope, hope, with the new trilogy, we may get to see one of them again. I hope. Come on, don't make him a throwaway character. I know, but the thing is, that one seems to be set after, well, from what we've heard, seems to be set after Sea of Sorrows, so that's going to be a good 200 years in the future from... Um... <laughs> from out of the shadow uh, seems like such a shame well the thing is when when you've you know it, when you finish um, River of Pain you'll see that all three books have provided um, jumping points for new for new um, for new stories um, it seems like Sea of Sorrows is the one they're going with at the minute um, with, with a sort of rebooted rebooted world but there's potential from all three three novels for somebody else to go and play with what they've set up so maybe when this new trilogy is done maybe if if hoop doesn't show up in that we might be able to to see him somewhere along the lines it does look like they they're pretty devoted to the i don't know devoted they, they've invested in the in the franchise at the minute but, I'm but, just excited about the new trilogy because it's, um, you know, it's Alien and then Predator and then AVP now, mm. um, which I was a little surprised by. It's Predator it's been... first, actually. Oh, really? I yeah. thought they were... No, Chevy and I were talking about it before the podcast and I, I checked it out. Yes, yeah, Predator first and then Alien and then AVP. Mm. So it's, it's a nice little shake-up of, um, of the way it's normally done. I mean, the only AVP novels we've got at the minute are straight up, well, apart from Hunter's Planet, but the less said about that book, the better. Um, <laughs> the, the AVP Prey and AVP War are straight-up adaptions of the comics, um, with no sort of lead-in the way that this new trilogy seems to. Um, from the sounds of it, Predator and Alien then lead into each other, which leads into AVP, which should be interesting. And that seems to be a thing at the minute with um, Fire and Stone, uh, but we can we can talk about that later. So this will be the fourth AVP book um, that's ever been out, then. Uh, fourth or- original one, yes. Yeah. Um, fifth, if you count the film novelization. Oh, that's right. Uh, and te- well, I suppose technically it'll be the the first original overall one. Um, you know, Prey and War were both novelizations of the comics. Um, Hunter's Planet is a side sequel, alternate sequel to. Um, to Prey, which features the characters set up in that comic. So this will be our first completely completely original one. Are these going to be canonical as well? Do we know? Uh, not sure, but with Tim saying that this trilogy was, and the general attitude that Fox seemed to be taking towards it now, or the EU 
being meshed together and official. Because I'm just thinking that although we know that the alien skull was found in Predator 2, would this be the first true canonical merging of the two species? Well, there's obviously the films, which are canon in and of itself, depending on your opinion, but... I didn't know AVP was considered canon. <laughs> All the films are considered canon. I just thought it was a bit of fun. No. Boo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Well, I don't know the date for that one. Um, they haven't said if it's next year or not. But that's something to look forward to. But I, I do agree with what Ridgetop said earlier in that the... The only really bad bit of, of the first novel was Ripley's forced inclusion. But I think that seemed to be more... That that was a Fox-mandated thing, and that seemed to be about bringing Ripley back into the forefront. Um, you know what, the book also brings Amanda back up and tries mm-hmm. to make her more of a prominent figure. Um, I think, to, you know, to push him with isolation as well, to, to make us remember that Ripley had this daughter... Um, so that was the, it was the, the bad bit of of the book because mostly because it was distracting at least for me, and that was looking to see how he'd solve her not remembering it and everything. But I think he handled it relatively well. Um, so we all enjoyed, we all enjoyed Out of the Shadows. Yep. Yeah. Mhm. Now the next one, I I know I'm probably on my own, with um, the second book was Sea of Sorrows. Uh, which was written by James Moore and is is set post resurrection but it does follow on from um from out of the shadows in that it takes place on the same planet and i think you guys didn't like this i wasn't a huge fan <laughs> um, i i still haven't read it to be honest um oh. but i hear that does it go into like the united systems military at all uh for the fourth film no I thought you'd read the second one. Nope. Oh, okay. Still working on it. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys completely um, didn't like that. I, I enjoyed it because I it felt a lot like the old novels to me. Um, it felt like Earth Hive and Nightmare Asylum, and I enjoyed that nostalgic aspect of it. Um, Don't get me wrong, there were some really, really cool ideas in that and there, but I, I just felt like after Levin's book, like where you tended to care about the characters that died, I just didn't give a damn about people that died in his book. It falls under the um, I'm not sure. Well, the, the fodder syndrome, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it is. It ramps it up more. There's more aliens, so when there's more aliens, there need to be more people to kill. So his book did tend to. It had a little core of about five, four, five characters that were that were developed on. And everybody else was, you know, alien bait. Um, my my main problem with that book was the middle of it when the pacing just grind to a halt. Just stopped. Yeah. Um, which was was mostly the problem that all these um, all the times tend to have is that they have to assume that somebody might be picking up this book that hasn't got a frigging clue what aliens is, and they have to re-explain everything. And this happened in the middle um, of James's book, and it just made it stop start so much because it was a new bunch of D-list characters who he didn't have a 
clue they were show up figure something out so that the reader could find out and then die and rinse pardon me rinse repeat again for a couple of chapters um but that that was mainly my big problem with it was 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 is it was was it the was it the lack of main characters that really put you off it then chris or uh honestly i just didn't feel like i really cared about anybody <laughs> So that I don't, know, fun, I, I don't yeah. know how else to explain, explain it other than there was no one like who you, you care about you want him to live or at least that, that was just for me uh, I also didn't like was it was he an empath yeah well yeah like, yeah I wasn't too fond of that I mean I know that's been hinted at in the films that's been part of the EU for years as far yeah, back as the first book to me, they, I, I don't like it. I don't know why. It just doesn't sit well with me. Again, that's that's what I was saying. In that, it feels like the old, it feels like the old books, which is something that, that I really enjoyed. I mean, as as far back as Earth Hive, which was the first comic, the first novel, um, they had the Queen communicating through nightmares, but telepathically influencing dreams and stuff like that. So. Decker having this empathic ability was was something that I could didn't feel out of place because I was I've been used to it for about ten years. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I've read those books as well, but I don't know. It, I don't, it's not for me. I, it, I don't like that aspect mm. of it at all. It it's not as grounded as no. as Out of the Shadows was yet. Which it, it's a completely different tonally book as well. That that's it's more of a action, uh, more of an action book whereas um, Tim's whereas Out of the Shadow was very much a blend between Alien and Aliens to me it was more like Starship Troopers with having the guy that could read the bug's minds okay. that's how it felt to me but yeah it, yeah, it, it wasn't a terrible book there were some yeah. really good moments in it I mean there was yeah. the one with the uh, the young like a very juvenile alien and it absolutely rips a marine a new one this little lady completely destroys his armor, and this is just like a little alien. Now, I, I thought that that like little bits like that were fantastic, and there was the death embrace as well, which was pretty cool. What do you mean? But I can't remember what you mean. You can, you can. It was your, one of your favorite characters that you. Oh uh, yes, the name of the guy. yes. Petrukovic? Yeah, the Polish guy. That Polish guy. Yeah. That's yeah. The, I remember. There were bits I really enjoyed. There were bits I really. I didn't like. Overall, it was alright. It's nowhere near as bad as other things that are out there. But then again, I suppose this comes down to a lot of different strokes. Yes. Hmm. So, what stopped you from reading it, Ridgetop? What? Uh, just, just busyness, man. I, I need to get it. on it. I want to read it. Yeah, so, um, so it's, it's, it's nothing to do with the, the book turning no, your way. No. Then. Okay. no, definitely not. I'm, I'm gonna, get on that here soon. It looks like. Um, I mean, it looks like an interesting story from the synopsis I've read, and um, I'm just glad more novels are gonna, are coming out. I just need to sit down and read it. <laughs> That's fair enough. So the, the the third book, we're not talk too much about it because obviously Bridgetop hasn't read it, and um, Chevy hasn't finished it yet. Nope, um, about halfway through. But I am hella enjoying this book. Mm. I am loving it. It's. Again, it's, it's different to the other two um, before it. Um, my review should be online tomorrow, and I say that as, you know, 
um, as in the 15th, um, we're recording on the 14th. Um, so by the time this is out, my review should be on the website. And I enjoyed it as well. Um, Christopher Golden has done a wonderful job with the characters. And again, the world building aspect of it and establishing the colony and the frontier life. I, the first half has been built up so well. Yeah, this is the prequel to Aliens that you kind of always wanted. Mm. In a way, it has been for me. It's like, what happened on Hadley's Hope? What was it about? And it, so far, it's it's great. It really is. The don't no, you won't have read it obviously because you don't like comics. Um, for those of you who have read Newt's Tale, which was a little two-issue comic uh, that Dark Horse did way back when, written by Mike Richardson, one of uh, one of the usual suspects for Dark Horse's alien stuff. The first issue of that was. Um, about the infestation and Chris Golden takes several elements from that and pretty much straight up adapts them um, so there is some sense of familiarity in there as well again connecting to the EU and giving it that sort of nostalgic feeling um, but I, I did I really enjoyed it as well and um, the second half of the book there were some minor elements that I, I, was, a, I was a little bit disappointed with well, we've ones we've both picked up on straight away. Mm. Well, well th- th- there's been other bits that obviously you haven't got to yet, but mm-hmm. you'll 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 find them. It's nothing drastic. It's just sort of like it feels like Chris should have, um, you know, Christopher Golden should have gone back and rewatched the film. Um, it's it's minor things like um, some of the dialogues are a little bit different. Um, when it starts to get to the realms of what we've seen in the film, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I know which one. Yeah. That's the one with Al Simpson. Yeah, yeah. And and that sticks out for people who are as intimately familiar with the film as we are. But I th- I think my my biggest issue was something that you, you've obviously picked up on as well, and it's that he Christopher Golden condensed the derelict uh, pilot chamber with the egg room and had them both the same room for some reason <laughs> yeah I think as soon as I read that it was straight away oh so the egg room's now in the jockey chamber <laughs> it, just, it just stuck out it did it is it's quite jarring so are there any of the characters from the aliens fire and stone series that are incorporated into the book there's um Derek um his second name Russell I can't remember Derek Russell no. Uh, okay, the um, the main guy from Fire and Stone, he's mentioned, uh, but he doesn't play a main role in it or anything. Uh, the teacher, I can't remember her name, she's mentioned in it briefly. The Onager, if I'm pronouncing that right, the the ship that they escape in in Fire and Stone, that's also mentioned. So the the connections are there, but it's not really their story. Um, so while Chris does sort of acknowledge it, and again, it's all this effort that Fox seem to be putting in towards connecting all the EU at the minute, um, it is there and it does give it this really nice, unified, continuity feeling to it. So that was really nice. I also like as well how he wrapped up, if you remember when I read the comic and I said, surely the Colonial Marines would have known that there was a ship there and it was missing? 
Mm-hmm. In the book, he does actually turn around and say, only the scientists know about the ship. Even the Al Simpson, who's the administrator of Hadley's Hope. Not, not the Onager, doesn't... though. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought there's... that was the ship that they were talking no, about. No, there's, there's two ships. Oh, um, oh dear. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the one. I no. thought there was only one. The, the, well, the Onager is not technically supposed to be a ship. It's just supposed to be a surface to to orbit shuttle kind of, shuttle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did. Dark Horse did a little short for one of their Dark Horse Presents uh, comics, which was called Field Report, and it was it's basically like a small adaption of um, of Aliens, in which Hicks is. Higgs has given a report of the progress and stuff, and it does try to sort of retcon, um, retcon the Onager and the Colonial Marines' presence. But without without an edit of the film and reintroducing them, that'll always stand out. I mean, don't get me wrong; I think Chris did a fantastic job of making it logical and reasonable as to why the Colonial Marines should be there. But I could never look past the fact that it, it it's just not in the film. It's just yep. not acknowledged. Um, Questions would have been asked. What yeah. happened to the Marines that were stationed there? Yeah. So. So we will. We'll leave that one. We won't go too far into that. There's still plenty more stuff to talk about. Jesus Christ. And again, still with Titan, um, the Alien Archive, or well, Alien the Archive. Which is uh, how best to describe it? A, a behind-the-scenes guide, I suppose. Um, we, we've guide to the movies, isn't yeah, it? we've all got it, but Chevy hasn't been able to look at it yet because it's his Christmas present. Mm-hmm. And I've only I've only read the first two bits of it. I've only read Alien and Aliens, um, but that's because I only just got it the other day. Um, came in the post, and it's a really big book. Um, a very, very beautiful book. But the problem I always have is, um, what what can it tell us new that Charles's fantastic DVD and Blu-rays can't? Charles De Lozarica. And I, I think we're probably at that point where where we're not going to get too much new stuff because it's been covered that much. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Isn't it? The, these films they're getting on now. Mm-hmm. They are getting on. So, th- there's not going to be a lot out there now that people haven't seen, I don't imagine. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I, th- I think it's just going to be a case of updating it every now and again for for um, the new people. Um, especially I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll be great for me because I haven't actually read anything like that before. Mm. So, for me, I'll, I'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. But maybe for the likes of you, maybe not. Well, it's, it is actually the first time that I think an all-encompassing behind-the-scenes kind of guide has been done. I mean, we've we've got we've got Alien um, Vault, which was a couple of years ago, which was just a sort of um, behind-the-scenes look at Alien. There's various behind-the-scenes of you know the individual films, AVP, AVPR, Alien Resurrection, and there's various small unofficial guides like um, beautiful monsters but there's there's never been anything that's encompassed the whole saga like this one has yeah and 
to be fair, it's it's nice to to be able to read it as well rather than watching watching all the behind the scenes. Um, like I say, it is a it is a gorgeous a gorgeous looking book. Um, plenty of pictures, and it's. I I wouldn't go crazy to go buy it, but it, it is a nice is a nice book to pick up for about twenty quid. So I know it's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's a big it's one heavy. as well. And it barely fits on my bookshelf. I've heard as well there's a section dedicated to Geiger in there as well. Not that I saw. Um, flicking oh. through it, it was broken down into Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection. And it, it starts with like a brief overview of of the general behind-the-scenes story. Um, so I'm just getting it off the shelf. It starts with a brief um, overview, and then it breaks it down into little sections. Yeah. Um, so, what have we got? Looking at Alien, we've got a foreword, sort of, um, with Sigourney Weaver. It's um, various bits and bobs taken from her interviews over um, over the years. And then Alien. So, it, it's a general talk about how the film came to be, and... Um, going from Star Beast and O'Bannon writing it on the settee of um, Shoe Set and all that stuff. And then, you know, a good 10, 12 pages of um, of that sort of general story. And then it breaks it down into the cast. So it talks about the various cast and how they decided to not use um, big names or anything like that. And it's um, interspersed with lots of publicity shots. Um, of the various actors, um, behind the scenes photos, and that's like a nice about ten page spread. Yeah. Um, again, this this is all this is a nice tall book and lots of color, lots of color pictures in it. And uh, so then it starts to talk about early design concepts. So, some about the Nostromo here in the refinery, and there's various bits of. Um, have you noticed any pieces that are in the Alien Isolation art book? Is there anything like that where they cross? No, it doesn't talk about isolation. No, I mean like the, you've got the in in the Isolation art book. You've obviously got the the floor plan for the Stromo, oh, yeah. that, which is the yeah. original. Yeah, there, there's something like that. Yeah, there's a couple of small frames of um, of floor plans of the Stromo on this page right here. That's pretty cool. Problem is, there's, there's lots of material that they couldn't possibly fit in in the book. So as much as I'm looking through it, thinking, oh, I wish they'd have put the pyramid concept art in or whatever. There's, I suppose, not the page space for it. Um, um, costume design here, uh, which was um, which was Mobius, wasn't no? Yeah, it was Mobius. There are a couple of errors. Um, this bit here I've seen which stuck out to me was um, them including the patch design for aliens in with the insignia that was used in, in Alien. That's obviously wrong. Uh, then then there's a... So that, that was about another 10 page spread there. Um, then it's on about the planet and the derelict. Again, plenty of pictures, texts about 10, 12 actually there's quite a lot of pages of that 
But so I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, I've enjoyed it. I mean, again, it, it's stuff that's we might know, um, we might be aware of, but it's always nice to reread it. Yeah. If you if you fancy um, fancy the fancy the change. Right, so so that, that's about a hundred page, a hundred and something pages that is. So I would also alien. recommend that if you really did like isolation, then you should get yeah, the art book. of uh, the art of artbook. We haven't we haven't mentioned that, have we? We haven't, but it yeah. is it is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I have only got about I'm about three quarters of the way through, yeah. uh, and you can also see as well like some of the concept drawings where they were initially looking. At a one-to-one replica of Geiger's alien as well, mm-hmm. straight legs. Yeah, well, they they, they mentioned that, didn't they? Yeah, but, they did. Um, no one believed them. The sketches and everything in there. Now. <laughs> this is another one from Titan as well. The art book. It's it's a nice, yeah. nice uh, hardback, dust jacketed. Um, have you taken the dust jacket off? Oh, I, I have now. I can what the little chalkish sketch. Chalky alien. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's cute. It's <laughs> very nice. It was it was a really good book. I mean, it it was a lot of a lot of obviously artwork. Um, so not not too much of a text accompaniment, which I'm always sort of I always like to to read more to see the sort of thought process that goes in. Um, but that that's that's another fantastic book, it's, especially if you like to um, like the game because it. In flicking through it, you can you can see more of the alien um, aesthetic and inspiration in there as well. Because a lot of the concept art was was done in a Rob uh, Rob, Rob uh, Ron Cobb style um, felt tip kind of method. Yeah, that's what they wanted to do, wasn't yeah. it, from the get go, to make yeah. sure it was as authentic as they could possibly get it. That's how they actually drew well all their concept art, really. Mm-hmm. It shows you all the way through the book. It, it looks fantastic. It really does. Uh, I think one of my favourite sections, though, in that book was the weapons with the shotgun and how he exp- he says that they wanted elements of the pulse rifle on the shotgun. Mm. And if you actually look at the shotgun, on it was the, the side grilling, view, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all the grilling at the front. It is from the pulse rifle. Mm. Yeah, and then you go, how did I not see no. that? Probably because you were worrying about being eaten, but. Well, that's more of the spaz influence, though, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. But it it's really, really informative as well. And it's, it's like how they got the look of the station and the ships. So it's really, really beautiful artwork, to be yeah. honest. Some gorgeous stuff in here. Yeah, I, and you know, it's you know, there's there's more that they weren't able to fit into the book. Yeah, didn't you say there was a fraction? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd I'd love to see like some documentary regarding the making of that. The making of Alien Isolation. Mm, I think that'd be wonderful. I still want to see this prototype demo that they showed to Sega and Fox to get them to mm. give the green light. Because that's the one with the Seeks and Android, isn't it, with the Nostromo patch that we saw? Yes, the third person. The thing one that, that was we leaked saw. by. No, no, that 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 was a no. that was a purposeful thing. That was. Yeah, that was seen on the screen of one of their inside, inside studio pictures. So that was deliberate, but that was after we'd already found out about the game from uh, the minister of something. Communic- I can't remember. I can never remember who it was. I want another one now. <laughs> That's the problem. Next year's going to be quiet. Yeah. 
compared to this year. I think so it will far. be. But there's still stuff to look forward to. There is. Um, there's, there's plenty of stuff coming out soon. Um, and, well, there's still plenty of stuff left from this year to talk about. Um, so, the, the next thing is Legendary Encounters. Um, an alien deck building game. Now, this is something Chevy and I have both enjoyed. At least I believe still he did. Want it. Yeah. Still want it. Um, so for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's a it's a card game from a, a company called Upper Deck, and they created this uh, system called the Legendary System, and they use it in a lot of their Marvel games. And they, uh, I think it was about September time, end of September, they released their first of um, an offshoot of it called Legendary Encounters with um, a bit of a twist and aimed more at the sci-fi um, sci-fi genre. Um, when they announced the the new system, they announced that they got Alien, Predator and Firefly. And Alien was the first one out. And it's a deck building game. So it doesn't quite work the same as card games like Magic, The Gathering would, or um, even the old Aliens Predator card game. <sighs> I never played those, so I can't really compare. No, I didn't. I've got them. I've got all the starter decks. If you ever want to give it a go. Yeah, no problem. Um, Next time that we're both off. Yeah, sounds. Um, so it do, it doesn't actually quite work like those games. Um, it's it's a cooperative game in which players work against the alien deck. And I'm trying to think how to really describe it best. Um, you have to beat three objectives and the objectives all have corresponding mini decks and the game comes with the four films, it comes with three objectives for each film um, it comes with um, four character mini decks for for each film and you have to recruit from these character decks as, um, as, as you progress through the game which is where the deck building component comes in um, you constantly Recycling and reshuffling and battling against the aliens. Yeah, it's also worth mentioning as well. You don't have to play the films; you can mix up the decks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, when you get it, the first, the the easier thing to do is to just play through the through the film ones. Um, but there are sort of randomizers online to help you mix up pretty much everything. Um, I've done a couple of random games with the housemate. The housemate's really fond of, yeah, really fond of the game. Um, so there is a lot of customization in there because you get a lot of cards in the set it's like 500 cards I think um, so th there's a lot in there but downside to it was you know it's a big chunk of the wallet to start with you're looking about 50 quid for the box I think it's 60 pounds at the moment you can't get it for that price at the minute Ooh, so that's gone up um, but it's been really well received. But the thing to consider about that is, like I say, it's like 500, 500 cards, full art cards. Um, so it's not, it's not just screen caps from the film, which is a bit of a double-edged sword, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. But you get a lot in there, and it's that, it's everything. So you compare that to Magic: The Gathering, or Vanguard, or whatever, where you pay about 120 quid for a booster box. And that's not even the whole set. And that's not even 
No, that's not even 500 cards, I don't think. I think that's only about 300. It's been a while since I've brought any, so my numbers might be a little bit off. Um, but it, it's all there. It's all ready. You're good to go. Um, but like it's I said... What you want. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's, a, it's a different kind of game. Like I said, it, it's, it's not a collectible card game. But like I said, um, it was a bit of a double-edged sword, the full art, because... Some of the cards were gorgeous, absolutely fantastic, and some of them just not suitable for the Alien franchise. I think. Um, I think, I think the Alien cards certainly let it down. Yeah, the, well, the Alien player deck. The player deck, yeah. Yeah, because they're they're all the same. They're all the same image. Like, I was thinking more like um, the Alien Three and the Alien Resurrection cards. The style of the artists doesn't seem to suit the franchise um, no I'd, I'd agree with that yeah. some of the cards like you said were really really good and then there were bits that some of them looked really cartoony yeah very comic-y um, the, because of the scope of the game and how many images they had to create the upper deck ship, um, you know, spread the work out between different artists I think they should have done a better job to make sure that every artist suited the franchise yeah, and I think they missed a, f a real treat in terms of getting like old legendary names involved. Um, th th these probably won't mean too much to you because you're not really into the comics, but it's people like um, Raymond Swanland who did the cover art for um, Dark Horses, not the Fire and Stone, but the series before that, so Three World War and uh, More Than Human and. Uh, Pray to the Heavens, that was the Predator series recorded. He did some gorgeous cover art. Um, I would love to have seen some cards from him. Um, Dave Dorman, who, um, again, from the first line of comics, um, did some fantastic fantastic pieces and did concept art for AVP before that got anywhere for the film. Yeah. Um, Den Bouvet, who is, in my opinion, the best artist of Aliens ever, did the artwork for the second comic, Nightmare um, Asylum, and even even the, some of the new artists from Fire and Stone, um, Ferreira, um, who did Prometheus. It would have been gorgeous to see these guys um, do artwork for the game, and if they do do any expansions, if Upper Deck do any expansions, I would love to see them tap up more involved people like that. Yeah, just give it a bit more consistency, I yeah. guess, as well. Like, like you were saying, um, the the Alien deck, they were all the same. The Alien player deck, they were all the same artwork, so it didn't offer any, you know, quick quick look and recognise the card from the artwork kind of thing. And no, it, you did have to read everything. Yeah. And it was same for the um, the agenda cards. Um, so there, there were some sort of advanced rules, which were the Alien player deck and agendas. Uh, which uh, as Chevy is laughing were quite was quite amusing um, the sort of extra little add-ons that you could do so if a player got ki killed by an alien or chestbursted whatever he could then pick up the alien player deck and um, make matters even worse yep should have saved me man I know I should have let me go out that way I didn't mean to it was it was it was the strike that I pulled from that wasn't it um, I, I, I knew it was like it was you. You were doomed if you did, doomed if you didn't, kind of thing. Mm. But I made sure you were doomed. You did. 
the alien deck is a lot of fun to play. Yeah, deadly. And it's, 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 it's the other because none of us had ever played with the alien deck before. It, it was like Hicks is there going, "Oh, it's okay. I can save you. I've got all these cards and stuff, and I'm there listening. And I've got this card that basically says, make them throw away all their attacking hands." Mm-hmm. So I placed that one down. It's like, oh, what? <laughs> it really emphasised the um, the need to play cooperatively. Uh, the the agenda cards were there to sort of add the the feel of the uh, Wayland Utani operative there to do dodgy underhanded stuff, which was amusing as well. Um, but no, they... that is the one that I don't think works is where you can play with the alternative agenda mm. I, I don't quite think that works because it's nigh on impossible mm. to yeah. do anything I think if there'd have been one more of us that seems to be the um, the real sweet spot to have four players yeah maybe um, yeah. but they they both almost as fun as like the alien deck was and as amusing as it did seem to be for the agendas they do sort of feel tacked on um, which again, I think that feeling sort of emphasised with the fact that they've all the same artwork, and um, it feels like a case of, "Ooh, this is a cool idea! Quick, somebody do a piece of artwork, and we'll throw them all in." But it, it was a really fun game. I've I've yet to play with a single person that hasn't enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean the alien one especially was really cool with mm-hmm. the perfect organism. Like you have to flush it out of the airlock. Yeah. That is the only way you can kill the alien. There's lots of little thematic twists to it, so I I wouldn't have known that this was based on something that is used for Marvel games um, if I hadn't if I hadn't have already known it and looked it up because every, it, it felt so alien. There was lots of little touches in it, um, things like finding Jonesy as you progress through the um, the Hive deck. It gives you that feeling of progressing through the story of the film. Yep, um, and Ash is, Ash, is, Ash is in it as well, isn't he? Yeah, and, and you find Ash in the third one, and the only way the only way you can kill him is to coordinate, is that right? I think that's right, yeah, yeah. which is again like the film. Mm, so you have to be working with each other. Um, I mean, there's there's only so much I can, you know, the, I can only describe this so effectively through words. Um, there are plenty of playthrough uh, videos on YouTube, and if it I lasts... I think do it justice, though. I've seen a few myself, and I must admit, I don't think it was half as cool as when I played. Yeah, well, I suppose it helps when you're playing with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of other people. Um, but if if that is the kind of thing, I do recommend looking at it. Um, even if, like Chevy says, he didn't think the the playthrough videos were quite did it justice. I I got a good feel from the game of the game from watching them. Um, and my review will be is already up on the website. So if you want to see more coherent, structured, thought out um, thoughts put down on on page, then that's that's online for you to read. But the, oh yeah, the mat as well, the play mat. Oh yeah, that is was... badass. It comes with a nice play mat, so you're not having to fuck about figuring out how to structure your game. The play mat really is, that is what makes it I think that's what makes it so expensive as well yeah yeah many of the other uh, legendary games don't seem to come with a play mat and it's really nice quality um, very good artwork I think I don't think there was any piece of dodgy artwork on that no, it was really good um, there, there, there was there was a negative aspect towards it and 
you wouldn't have experienced this. Um, but um, some people are reporting missing components, um, as in missing cards. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That sucks. Um, Having to check through 500 yeah. cards to make sure you've not got one. So, you know, when you get it, I, I was missing a single card. Um, which was one of the objectives, so it didn't really, it didn't really affect me too much. Um, but when you're paying, you know, fifty, sixty quid, whatever, it's a bit of a ball ache. I mean, Upper Deck are really good at getting you replacement shipped. All it takes is an email to them telling them you've missed these cards, and pretty much straight away you're going to get a um, your replacement sent out. So their their customer service has been really good. Um, but it is a bit of a ball ache. Would you be interested in in finding it at some point? Would it be something you'd recommend people get? I'll be getting it myself, so that should be recommendation enough. And that's yeah. at sixty pounds now. Mm. So that's what. So you're, you're happy? Dollars. Mm. I I would definitely definitely buy it. Okay. There Maybe you are. It's something I could even talk my wife into playing. <laughs> well, we tried, didn't we? No, she wasn't here. Wasn't she? Oh, fair enough. No, she came halfway through. Okay. Is is that the type of thing that would interest you, Ridge, Top the Legendary Encounters game? Yeah, I've actually picked it up. Um, oh, I have okay. a friend that's really into, um, you know, like card games. Yeah. He plays a lot of Magic the Gathering and, and some other um, deck-building games, and um, he was interested in this, and so I kind of figured, hey, it'd be a good chance to, you know, finally check this out because I've, I've never been into like tabletop or deck building before um so i picked it up i've, I've looked at the artwork and and started kind of going through the rule book and uh i mean it seems really cool so i, I still haven't quite dived into it yet but mm. but i will be here soon okay so you know like i said ev everybody seems to be really loving this so if that's the kind of thing you'd be interested in i'd definitely recommend um putting the cash aside and, and buying that Mm -hmm. um, so what else we've got Fire and Stone to talk about um, yeah there's, there's been so much happening this year it's really <laughs> really exciting um, now here's the thing, here's the weird thing Chevy who doesn't like comics actually enjoys Fire and Stone <sighs> shock shock horror I know um, and you have been trying to get me into Aliens comics for a long ass time indeed so you're up to issue two on everything, did you say? Most, or? I think, except Predator. I think I've read number one of Predator. I don't think okay. Predator 2 was out at the time. Okay. So you've been uh, getting them digitally, or have you been getting them? Yeah, I've been using the app to download them. Okay. Uh, well, bearing in mind the comic store I went to turned around to me and says, there isn't a Prometheus comic, there is a Prometheus film. <laughs> so I decided not. <laughs> they weren't getting my yeah. way. <laughs> Very well informed. <laughs> I think both Ridgetop and I are currently up to date with them. Yeah, I've um I think Prometheus uh was the first one to finish. Yeah. Uh, they just came out with issue four. Uh so I just read that one. Uh the Prometheus comic was pretty good overall. I think that the art was the strongest mm. in Prometheus. Um the story's really interesting. Um you know, it, it's kinda tying together really nicely. We'll we'll see how it all comes together in the end with, with Omega, but um so far, it's it's really interesting. I'd say, actually, for me, the weakest of them all is probably the Aliens one. Mm -hmm. um, the, I mean, the story is 
is interesting enough, but it, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. And God, I just can't stand the art style. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's the aliens just look so static. Um, and you know, if you're gonna make an aliens comic, the aliens have to be interesting and dynamic, and mm. you know, not just traced figures. The um, for for those of you who don't know, um, Fire and Stone is four different series, um, with a fifth. Um, well, it's not a one shot, but it's a fifth story afterwards to um, to tie it all off, and it's all it's all connected and revolving around the same sort of elements, which again is going to show the sort of interest Fox has at the minute of um, coherent um, continuity. Um, so it started rather than bring out one series and then bring out Prometheus bring out Aliens, whatever it, it had a sort of staggered release schedule so you had uh, Prometheus 1 which ended on the bombshell of um, as we were discussing earlier, the Onager from um, which is a little skiff that escapes from Hadley's Hope um, which then tied into something to do with AVP, it, it was all it was actually quite meticulously planned this this schedule, and it's all very interconnected. Um, so, like uh, Richard was saying, Prometheus Four is has recently come out, and that's the first series to conclude. They're all four part series. Sounds like I got some catching up to do. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's Prometheus Four, Aliens Three, AVP Three, and Predator Two at the time of this recording. Um, so you best get downloading, and they're all they're all a different. Whilst they're all connected and have an overarching story, it was overseen by um, Scott Ellie, I think it was from Dark Horse. They all have a different creative team, so um, the art styles are different in all of them, and some aren't, aren't for everybody, and the stories aren't aren't quite the same. So you know Prometheus gets everything set off, kicks kicks the events off. Um, Aliens is a bit of a prequel and um, that it's not too connected. Well, no, it, it's very connected, but whereas Predator, uh, Prometheus, AVP and Predator are like a straight run of a story, Prom- uh, Prometheus Ridge very much like part one and AVP is part two and Predator's part three. Um, Aliens not quite in that structure. Yeah, the Aliens comic, I think, is like 50 years earlier yeah, or something. Yeah, So. No, it might be... I can't remember. Timeline's all over the place at the minute. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, there's a lot going off. Um, which makes it interesting. Because, again, it feels... It feels a lot bigger than just a little... A little tiny comic series. Um, but that that's... That's shown the, the first bit of an issue in that in that Prometheus the end of the series doesn't feel like a conclusion of a series if you know what I mean yeah no I definitely got that um it was a little maddening for me in the end because it felt just like the Prometheus film um (laughs) I mean I mean not quite as is all over the place but mild spoiler here the um the engineer they come across is not very friendly uh, and again, it doesn't really explain it. Um, so I, I hope they go into that more in Omega, just to kind of see what the motivations behind well, 
the the engineers are. Well, well guess... pre- predators. The predator stories seems to be focusing more on on the engineer because predators is about this particular predator is is after engineers. Um, he realizes that the the characters that the uh, stories following have obviously had a running with their species. Um, whereas AVP follows uh, Eldon and uh, Francis, another bunch of characters that are introduced in in Prometheus. So I, I don't think it'd be too fair to to judge it overall until every last every last issue is done and we can see the overall structure of the story. But it's it's been overall it's been pretty good so far. Um, but the, like I said, they're they're all so totally different. AVP is is completely has a different feel to to the others in that. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to I have to go into it without spoiling it too much. Fuck it, I can't really think about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've I've definitely enjoyed all of them. Um, my only trope with AVP is it it doesn't really feel like the aliens and the predators are fighting too much. Um, no, it kind of goes like... off into the the new world building element, doesn't it? Really. Yeah. Um. I mean. They, they've they've done an effort to sort of again further the universe. There's new elements that are um, that are taken up and run with, and it doesn't feel like they're treading on the same old boring ground as as the old comics have, which has been nice, which has been quite refreshing to be honest. But yeah, it's it's not quite aliens versus predator. It's it's an interesting evolution. It's it's mostly about Elden, um, one of the the con- constructs as they call him. So it's not quite a synthetic, but is 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 an artificial person of some variety, and it it's it seems to be his story, and and it and it pulls up more from Prometheus than you'd expect, I think personally. But I don't I don't know. It's it's weirdly structured because cause Prometheus, the the named comic series Prometheus feels very alien and then Aliens feels very Prometheus right? and AVP feels like some sort of new hybrid of, of it all and Predator feels like a, a, a good solid Predator Prometheus crossover um, so it, it's all, it's different and it's fresh and I enjoy that, I really do and I can't wait to see how it all finishes but again, that this this will be something that we can throw a whole episode at once the um, once the shows the show once the series has have, um, have finished their run, um, which is something to look forward to next year because that I think that'll be February time that um, that'll wrap up and then March will see the release of the first collected collected volumes. Yeah, I think personally, I'm going to wait until everything's out because I find reading like. Each episode one is it's, to me, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the timeline is just like everywhere. So I think I'm going to wait until everything's yeah. out before I wrap them up. But mm. I am enjoying what I've read. Which but I, I must, I must admit, though, with the aliens, I do agree. There's, there's a few things as well that will make you scratch your head in the first episode. <laughs> of what? Of alien? Of aliens? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Well, you, you could. You do, you do, you know what I'm talking about. But without spoiling it, you can't. 
Oh, you, you're talking in terms of the retconning. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that that plays on the retcon that was sort of is in. Well, I suppose we have some, River we have of yeah. yeah. Um, it does include some of the the revisionist history from um, River of Pain. Um. So they can get a little bit jarring, but overall, it's been a nice it's been a nice experience. Um. Have I, have I missed anything else from 2014? Other than... I suppose it's Necker's figures, no. but... Well, the Queen's out now. Yeah. And that's just every kind of badass. Indeed. And and the... Well, we probably really won't be seeing them in retail stores until next until the new year. I was going to buy the new series, but I couldn't, I couldn't find any. Yeah, I think it takes you guys a little bit longer to get them over there in the UK, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, oh, there's what about the suit the super seven super seven super eight the uh, reaction figures the old retro Kenner stuff that that's been this year hasn't it? Those have been pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah, they've um they've come out with a number of the alien and the uh, predator ones, just really like old school retro figures. Um, and it's not just the alien series too; they're doing like Terminator and mm. um. No, there's a few others, but <laughs> they've done a um, Firefly um, set as well. Oh yeah, oh, I saw I've that as these. well. It's okay. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think they're as massive as massive as Ken as uh, Necker are, but they're a nice little novelty, uh, novelty figure series. Um, so you know, there has been a lot, a lot this past year, and it's been a really good year to be a fan of um, to be a fan of Alien. And I'm sure I'm not alone in in thinking that. No, I've oh, really, yeah. really enjoyed this year. It's been really good. Okay. And, Definitely. And there's still there's still plenty to look forward to. I mean, I, we don't know any solid dates of anything, but you know, we've got Prometheus too. Um, again, well, there's more than just alien stuff, but you know, if you're a fan of the website, if you're a fan of the properties, there's Prometheus too. There's Predator Four. Um, Fire and Stone to finish, and the new trilogy from Tim Leban um, and Titan, um, uh, the inevitable Alien Alien Isolation two, all Kenner's new uh, Kenner, all Necker's new um, Alien series because they've got new Ripley figures and new suit figures, um, the expansions for Legendary Encounters, um, so um, Predator should the Predator version will be out at some point and. There's potential for further expansions for the alien set, and um, waiting on an announcement from that. Um, so there, this is there's lots of stuff coming out. Did you mention your miniatures in that? Oh yeah, I completely yes. forgot about the miniatures. Um, Prodos Games been um, well, I suppose they've been working on them for a while, but that should be out some point in the new year. So that you know the little miniature war game, um, which will be a first for the franchise as well. So this. There's still plenty coming out. There's still plenty to look forward to, and I think this there's still a lot of life left. So it seems it seems very much like Fox have been keen on revitalising, revitalising the series. I mean, they've pushed Amanda Ripley to the forefront. I think she's going to be our new main protagonist. The, the novels have all presented us with different jump-off points, and this concerted effort of a Overarching continuity. I I honestly feel like they they're amping up the 
for more and uh, to continue doing this stuff. I wouldn't I wouldn't be too surprised to see if uh, we were getting a new AVP film at some point soon. I'd like a new Alien film. God, That's... I would love that. <laughs> I mean, we have a new Predator film and a Prometheus film, so why not an Alien film? Uh, but to be honest with you, I guess we could probably fill a whole new podcast with what we'd like to see in those films. You're not wrong. I, I think it's probably time we actually wrap up ourselves. We have been we have been going on for a while. Um, so yeah, this this is Corporal Hicks. And this is Ridgetop. And Chevy. Signing off of our 2014 retrospective podcast. Hope you'll stick around with us for 2015 and see what we've got coming out this year. See you later. Bye.